devil and all his cohorts. Isn't that wonderful? Now, you probably wonder where I'm going with that, what I'm going to say. There's many things they said in there, but you know what I felt the Lord put on my heart today to share with you is about falling houses. Falling houses. Falling houses. And I don't mean the economy now. I'm not talking about that, how house values fall. And I'm talking about, remember what she said? She said, she said to the, to the wicked witch, what did she say? She said, watch out, or the next one will what? Fall on you. And, and from this clip, there's, there's two things that, that I want to talk to you about from the Word of God. Is the first one, as it pertains to falling houses, has to do with being sure that the next house doesn't fall on us. Now, um, this is something I've, I've said for years to people. This is something that I've noticed years ago. As a young, as, as younger, much younger, and, and anybody that's been around me of any length of time, I, I've said this, you know, we want to be watchful because we don't want the next house to fall on us. And you say, well, pastor, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, notice John the ninth chapter and the first verse. Let's go there. John the ninth chapter. And the first verse, and if you need a Bible, if you didn't bring one, raise your hand real high and our ushers will be happy to get you one. And just, we just ask you to leave it on the seats before you leave so we can use it again next time. But John, the ninth chapter, and the first verse, talking about falling houses here today, we want to be sure the next one doesn't fall on us. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. John, the ninth chapter, and the first verse. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi or teacher, who sinned? Who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. I want you to you know, underline that or note that. Who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. And then Jesus answered and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, now, we understand that everyone sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, but, but what Jesus is talking about here is that this man's sin nor his parents' sin caused the blindness. Did you get that? Did, did you get that? Now, now, you know, in some cases, when Jesus ministered to someone, he'd heal them and then he'd say, what? Go and sin no more lest a worst thing come on you. So in some cases, when people were sick, it was because they had sinned. But not in this case. And he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And then as you read on, you can see that Jesus healed the man. The point that I want you to get out of this here was the, 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 the question that the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned? This man are his parents that he was born blind. You see, when we start trying to figure out why a house fell on somebody else, get ready because there's a house swirling around up there getting ready to fall on you. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get what I just said? When we, with a judgmental 
attitude, sit back and we watch other people who have had houses fall on them. Or you know what I mean by that? They're going through a struggle in life. They're, they're, they're not able to meet their budget. They're, they're not able to pay their bills. A sickness has hit their body. A disease has hit their body. They're going through some kind of a difficult time, some kind of a struggle. And we sit back and stick our nose in the air and we say, you know what? I know why they're going through that. It's because, it's because they didn't, uh, they didn't come to church last Sunday. Or it's because they didn't tithe. Or it's because they, they didn't do this. Or it's because they didn't do that. Or it's because of this. Or because of that. Or if I was in that situation, I would do this. Or I would do that. Let me tell you something that I learned a long time ago. You don't know what you do and neither do I in that person's situation until or unless we ourselves were in it. Don't ever go around and say, well, if I was in that situation, I'd do thus and so. Get ready. Get ready because that house, there's a house out there that's going to fall on you. And you're going to find yourself, you judgmental old thing, you. You're going to find yourself in that same situation in the process of time or some similar thing. And we won't find out, you won't find out till that time what it is you're going to do. Before you criticize or before I criticize somebody else, what does the old song say? We need to walk a mile in their shoes. And all I believe the Spirit of God is trying to get across to us here, and I think that that clip was appropriate, like, like you know, I normally don't show those, those things, but, but we want to be watchful that the next house doesn't fall on us. And if we're going to be judgmental and we're going to, you know, have everything figured out, you know, and we're going to know why this one's going through the trouble they're going through. And, you know, well, if they hadn't have done that, if they should have, they should have done this. If, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd do this or, or I know why. I know why that sickness has come upon them. It's because there's some kind of sin in their life. No, no, you don't know and neither do I unless the Lord was to show you. And I'll tell you something I've learned about the Lord Most of the time, he's not going to show us because it's none of our business. Huh? You know, I've had to learn this. I have a 24-hour job just keeping myself straight. And my wife has a 24-hour job keeping me straight, too. I'm teased. I love her. But I've learned this about the Lord that, that it, you know, because a lot of times people, they, they think they've got it all figured out why so-and-so is going through the trouble they're going through. And I, 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 but I've learned this, you know, uh, God is not going to, first of all, God's not going to show you unless he can trust you. Did you hear what I just said? I said God's not going to show you something unless he knows he can trust you. And, 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 and the kind of people that God shows things are people that are not blabbermouths. Do you hear me? And, 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 and people that, that, that are going to, you know, run around and say, you know, oh, well, I know why this and thus and so has happened to so and so. I know that. God, has, God doesn't talk to those kinds of people. God does, God does not talk to busybodies and gossips and backbiters and, and, and tail bearers. Did you hear what I just said? 
And, and, and I'll tell you this, if you've got somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, God showed me why they're going through such and such. I'll right now mark that person. Uh, it wasn't the Lord that showed them. Because just the fact that they're... God, God, doesn't share, God doesn't share secrets with busybodies. Did you hear what I just said? Why am I teaching this? Because I don't want the next house to fall on me, are you? Amen? I remember in a certain church years ago, there was a, a pastor. And uh, he... he I mean, he would go and he would, I mean, just regularly, he'd say, well, you know, they're going through such and such because of, you know, some, because they opened the door to the devil here in this area. They're going through such and such because this other person going through such and such. They opened to the, and he'd, he'd even share that, you know, with, with, with leaders in his church or, 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 or even sometimes in the pulpit. And, uh, and I just, and actually that's where the Lord began dealing with me on this subject of falling houses 25 plus years ago. And, uh. You know, it took a long time, but eventually a house fell on that fella. Did you hear me? Did you know you could be a pastor and a busybody? Did you know that? You shouldn't be a busybody. Did you hear what I just said? I've watched it. I've seen it. That's one reason I don't meddle in folks' business, you know. I'm here to help you. I'll bend over backwards to help you, but I'm not going to meddle in your business. Did you hear me? I'll do anything I can within the confines of that Bible to help you, but I'm not going to be a busybody. And if something hits you in your life, you don't have to worry about me or my wife trying to figure out, well, why did that come on you? What sin did you commit? I don't know that you, you, you committed any sin, you know. That guy that was born blind, he didn't commit any sin to cause that blindness. I learned this. A lot of times people get, get, get hit with things because the devil is a creep. Huh? And he goes around attacking people. Is that right? So I, I, I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to try to figure out why, why some, some house has fallen on you. Because you know what? I don't want the next one to fall on me. All I'm going to do is try to help get that house off of you and help you recover. Amen? Doesn't the Bible say about spiritual people, ye who are spiritual, that when the Bible talks about that when someone is caught in a fault or taken in a fault or there's some downfall in their life, we who are spiritual aren't supposed to figure out why that bad thing came on them. What does the Bible say? We're supposed to what? Restore. Real loud say restore. We're supposed to restore. Is that right? We who are spiritual. Notice if you would Matthew 7 verse 1. Matthew 7 verse 1. Notice what Jesus himself said right here. In Matthew 7 verse 1. He said, judge not that you be not judged. So if you're judging someone else. Now, now the Bible says that we're supposed to ju- judge things in, in that, like when I'm up here teaching the Word of God, you're supposed to take your Bible and judge what I'm teaching and be sure it's in line with the Word of God. Is that right? But the, judge, the judgment that Jesus is talking about here is a judgmental attitude, a, a, a fault-finding kind of attitude. That's the kind of judging we're not supposed to do. Can, can you say amen? And he said right here, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment, now watch this, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. 
What did I say a while ago? If you're trying to figure out why a house fell on somebody else, you're judging, aren't you? And right here we have scripture to back it up. What's going to happen to you in the process of time? With the same measure you judge, it's going to be what? Measured back to you again. So you're trying to figure out why that house fell on so-and-so. Guess what? There's a house waiting for you. Is that right? For with what... For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. What more do we need to say? Let's don't try to figure out why the house fell on somebody else. Because if we're trying to figure that out, we're judgmental. Eventually, there's going to be a house fall on us. I don't know about you, but if I have a house fall on me, I don't want a bunch of people trying to figure out why it happened. I'd like to have a whole bunch of people surround around me and help get it off. Amen? I mean, you got a house fall on you. I don't want a bunch of people standing around and say, wonder why that house fell on him. No, I'd like to have a whole bunch of people looking for a jack or something, some way to jack that baby up and get it off of me. Amen? You know, something I found out about judgmental people is, and, and I, you get it right off of Jesus here, is so many times people that are judgmental, they have a telephone pole in their eye and they're trying to remove a little toothpick out of somebody else's eye. Did you ever notice that about judgmental people? They can never see the dirt that's under their own carpet. They can always tell you why somebody else's house is dirty, but they, they don't ever see the dust that's under their own carpet. Notice what Jesus said here, verse 3, And why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. I don't want Jesus calling me a hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, we're supposed to help our brother if he has a speck in his eye, but first let's get the plank out of ours. Amen? So, what is this first point? Let's just be sure that we're not judgmental. Let's be sure that we're never, we never put ourselves in a position where we uh, set ourselves up as the judge and the jury and we've got it all figured out why something bad has happened to someone else. Because when you do that, according to scripture, you're setting yourself up for the next house to what? Fall on you. Okay, did you get that? Is that simple enough? We're talking about falling houses. So that's the first point. Now I have a second point here. As you watch that clip there of the Wizard of Oz, did you notice the wicked witch was threatening Dorothy and Toto? Right? Let's don't forget him. I can cause accidents too. I'll get you, my pretty. And your little dog too. I do that pretty good, don't I? <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you know that there's people out there that would like to see a house fall on us, fall on you, fall on me? See, the wicked witch, I want to read from my notes. The wicked witch threatened Dorothy and Toto and said, I can cause accidents too. I can cause a house to fall on you too. I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. See, she was threatening that she could cause a house to fall 
on Dorothy. And the wicked witch hindered Dorothy in her walk down the yellow brick road. Is that right? She fireballed the scarecrow. Remember that? She poisoned the poppies. Remember there were more threats that came out. Remember uh, when, when she flew on that broomstick? Does anybody remember the message she wrote in the sky there when Dorothy was in the, in the Emerald City? Surrender, Dorothy. See, that's what the devil would like us to do is surrender. I don't know about you, but I don't surrender. I have no reason to surrender. Praise God. All is well. Amen. But the devil will threaten you. All you have to do is look at, remember the story of David and Goliath? Remember that giant? What did he do? He threatened the army of God, didn't he? Didn't he threaten the army of God? We're here today as the army of God, aren't we? And, and, and the devil will threaten us. I'll feed your flesh to the birds of the air. That's the kind of thing the devil will do. And he'll try to hinder us. He'll try to fireball us. He'll try to poison the poppies, so to speak. He'll threaten us. Dorothy got hit with flying monkeys. Remember that? How many hated the way those monkeys look? Well, I hate those things. But you need to realize that there's people out there. This is the second point to my message that would love to see and they work overtime themselves cooperating with the devil to try to get a house to fall on us. Let me read from my notes. We must realize that the devil tries to hinder us and cause a house to fall on us. And he oftentimes uses people, most often. And many times Christians who cooperate with him. This is something that I, that I, has been amazing to me. And I've learned this over the last many years of ministry. But you know that there are Christians, and I don't, I don't, I don't think they do it on purpose. I don't think that they, they a lot of times even know what they're doing. But, but do you know Christians can cooperate with the devil? Now let me explain what I mean. When a Christian, or a group of Christians get together, and align themselves against a fellow brother or sister in the Lord, and talk badly about them, chew on them. I've actually watched uh, 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 people from a congregation sit and listen to a message that a man of God preached, and they'd go out to a restaurant afterward, you know, six, eight, ten of them, and sit around a table and actually chew that pastor up one side and down the other. Now, you tell me those Christians, quote-unquote Christians, you tell me they're not cooperating with the devil right there. And I've gotten to the point, I wonder, people that do that regularly, I'm beginning to wonder if they're even saved. And if they are, they need another dip, so to speak. You know what I mean? They need another, they need another, they need to, they need to go to the throne of God and, and encounter the blood of Jesus. Amen. Again, and get cleansed of that or something. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? I'd actually almost rather have a bunch of heathens get together and talk bad about me than a bunch of Christians. Sometimes the Christians can be meaner than the heathens. 
Have you ever had anybody align themselves against you? I mean a fellow brother or sister in the Lord? Or a group of them? Did you know that, that if you've ever had that happen to you, you're in good company? You're right there with the Apostle Paul. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Notice this. We're talking about falling houses. And there's people out there that would like to try to get a house to fall on you. Or on me. Watch this. 1 Thessalonians 2.18. About the Apostle Paul. He says, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But what? But? But what? Satan hindered us. Now, if Satan could hinder the Apostle Paul, he could hinder you and me. Is that right? And and as you look at the Apostle Paul's life, you see that the devil was continually trying to get a house, so to speak, to fall on the Apostle Paul. He hindered him in every way that you can possibly imagine. And he used just about everyone you could possibly imagine. And, And one group that the devil used more than anybody else, perhaps, were the religious people. And they caused Paul so much trouble. And so we need to realize, how many of you remember when Jesus said, offenses will come? He said it's impossible, but that they should, it's impossible that they won't come. In other words, offenses are going to come to us all. And we're all going to encounter those people that would like us to fail. We're all going to encounter those people that would like to see a house fall on us. We're all going to encounter those people that that work overtime to bring the house down on us. And you know what I've learned is this. The key to it is this. How do we react? How do we react when those people or the devil tries to bring a house down on us? And you know all we have to do is go to Matthew 5.44 for the answer. How do we react when people try to destroy us? How do we react when people talk badly about us? How do we react when people try to bring the house down on us and cause the house to fall on us? Look at Matthew 5.44. But I say to you, this is Jesus talking. I say to you, are you ready for this? If you're ready, real loud, say I'm ready. Alright, here he says, but I say to you, love your enemies. (laughs) Bless those who curse you. Do what? Do good to those who hate you. And pray... For those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, that's one of the hardest scriptures in the the Bible to do. But it's the most profitable, perhaps, if you'll do it. You know why? Because when you're doing that, you're walking in love. And and, And the Bible says love never fails. What are we supposed to do to our, our enemies? Love them. People that curse us, we're supposed to bless When people hate us, he said, do good to them. When people spitefully use us and persecute us, we pray for them. And notice what happens in Matthew 7, 24. If we'll we'll do verse 44, watch what happens in Matthew 7, 24. Watch this. 
Watch this, Matthew 7, 24. Jesus, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and what? And, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house. We're talking about falling houses. Who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Amen. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. How many of you know when people are coming against you left and right, your flesh wants to rise up? In your flesh, how many of you, you'd ever like to be like, like, uh, what was it, the, John, remember? He wanted to call down fire. How many's ever wanted to call down fire on somebody? <laughs> how many's actually ever done, done it? No, you don't have to. You see, when you're, when you're gonna call down fire, you're not doing what Jesus said, Matthew 5.44. We don't call down fire on them, we pray for them. And we walk in love toward them. Is that right? Because see, if you're going to call down fire on them and, and that sort of thing, you're not doing the sayings of Jesus. Look at verse 26. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. And it what? It what? It Real loud say fell. Yeah, it fell. Talking about falling houses. And it fell and great was its fall. Look, we're all going to have those people that say, I'll get you, my pretty. How do we respond to those people? Do we say, well, I'll get you back? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We respond with love. And we walk in love. Amen? And the rain will come, the floods will come, the wind will blow, but our house will not fall because we're walking in love and we've built our house on the rock. You know, when Jesus talks about building the house on the, on the sand or building the house on the rock here, it makes, you know, we talked about the Wizard of Oz, it makes me think of the three little pigs. I guess today is our day to talk about But remember what the big bad wolf said? He said, I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house down. Is that right? How many remembers that? How many knows we're always going to have the huffers and the puffers out there? And I'm not talking about the smokers either. The huffers, you know the devil's a huffer and a puffer. He's a threatener. That's what the witch was doing. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll cause an accident too, right? I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. The devil is a huffer and a puffer and he's got a crowd of huffers and puffers. And they'll threaten you and they'll come at you and they'll talk bad about you and they're going to do this to you and they're going to do that to you and, and so on and so forth. But did you, did you ever notice that the, the little pig that built his house of straw got his house blown down? Is that right? The one that built his house of sticks? Got his house blown down. Is that right? But the one that built his house out of bricks stood. Is that right? 
And you know, that's what Jesus just told us. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in the Corinthians that says that, that we can build, at, you know, Jesus Christ is our foundation. He's the means by which we get saved, you know. But then we build on that foundation. You understand that? We're not saved by works. Say amen. We're saved by grace through faith in him. He's our foundation. But we can build on that foundation, the Bible says. And we can build our house either out of wood, hay, or straw. Remember that? Our gold and silver, I believe it is, and precious stones. And you know, if we don't do the words of Jesus, if we don't respond in love to our enemies and pray for those who spitefully use us and all of that, then we're building our house out of wood, hay, and straw. And then when the huffers and puffers come, cooperating with the devil, they're going to be able to blow us, blow us down. Is that right? But if we'll walk in love, if we'll build our house out of wood, uh, I'm sorry, out of gold and silver and precious stones, or, or like in the pig's case, if we'll build our house out of bricks on the rock, if we'll do what Jesus said and build our house on the rock, praise God, then when the devil shows up with the huffers and puffers, they'll blow, they'll make a lot of noise, but that'll be all they'll do is make a lot of noise. But when they're done shooting off their mouth, guess what? Our house is still standing firm. And guess what? They've got something to worry about, and it's not us. It's that they've enacted spiritual principle on the other side, and if they don't repent, guess what? There's a house spinning around up there just about ready to what? Fall on them. Let me read from my notes. If we'll walk in love, people will not be able to cause our house to fall. But rather, they will be... Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. If we'll walk in love, people will not be able to cause our house to fall. But rather, if they don't repent, they will become collateral damage. And, and how many of you, you remember the, how, the, how the Wizard of Oz ended up? You know, at the end, at the end of the story? Does anybody remember what happened to that witch who was huffing and puffing just a while ago? What happened? But did you know she was collateral damage of an act of love? Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. What happened? The witch caught the scarecrow on fire. Was Dorothy trying to do anything bad to the witch? No, she was just walking in love trying to help her friend. And what happened? The witch came to demise. She was what? A collateral damage of an act of love. Do you ever think about that? And these huffers and puffers, if we'll walk in love, now, now our objective is for them to repent. That's why Jesus said pray for them. What do we pray for them? What do we pray that a house will fall on them? No. We pray that the eyes of their understanding will be opened or enlightened. Is that right? We pray for them. And that's our act of love, that their eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and that they would repent. But you see, if they don't repent, they're going to become collateral damage of our act of love. Did you hear what I just said? Because when they're acting in that judgmental way, it goes back to the first point of my sermon, when they're acting in that judgmental way and they're trying to come against you and they've got everything figured out about you and so on and so forth, see, guess what? They've set themselves up. If they don't repent, the next house is going to what? 
fall on them. And as we walk in love and try to help and just be a blessing, see if they don't repent. See, our motive should never be. Look, when somebody who's come against us, listen to this. When somebody has come against us and time comes and goes and something bad happens to them, when that bad thing happens to them, we don't rejoice in that. We don't rejoice in that. But rather we weep. And we reach out and see if there's some way we can help them. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get what I just said? So we pray for people. But you see, if people won't repent, then they've, they've enacted spiritual principle against themselves. And in, in the process of time, they'll become collateral damage of our act of love. All we're doing is walking in love. Notice if you would Psalm 141 verse 9. Look at this. Psalm 141 verse 9. Notice this. Psalm 141 verse 9. Look at this. Go with, go, go with me here. Notice what the psalmist said. Watch this. Now, now when people are coming against you, you pray for them. But then here's something you can pray for yourself. Did you know it's alright to pray for yourself? Here's something you can pray for yourself. Look at Psalm 141 verse 9. Keep me from the snares they have laid for me and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own what? Into their own nets while I escape safely. Now you see, when you have people coming against you, you pray for them that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and, and that, that they'd repent and all of that and you just walk in love. But then what you pray for yourself is, Lord, keep me from the snares they've laid for me. And from the traps or the evil plots of the workers of iniquity. Keep me from those things that, that, that those people that have cooperated with the devil have set for me. Keep me from those traps. And if they don't repent, then let them fall in the, into their own snares. While I escape safely. And we will escape safely. Amen. If we'll walk in love. How many of you know Dorothy? Going back to that clip there. Dorothy made it, didn't she? Didn't she make it? She, I don't ever see where she tried to do anything to hurt the witch. She's just wanting to go home. Is that right? The three little pigs. To my knowledge, I don't think the wolf ever got them, did he? They made it. You know what? The Apostle Paul, he had everybody come against him that you can imagine and and everything come against him that you can imagine. But you know what? He continued to walk in love. And you know what? There's a scripture that says or he wrote. He said, I have finished my race. Did Paul make it? He made it. And the devil didn't kill him young. There's a scripture that where he refers to himself as Paul the aged. He lived out his life. He finished his course. He had the devil throw everything at him, but the kitchen sink, and he probably threw the kitchen sink at him too. But I'm telling you what, the apostle Paul walked in love, and I tell you what, he finished his course. And look at Acts 13.50. I think this will be a blessing to you. Acts 13.50. Notice the apostle Paul. Acts 13.50. Notice what he says right here. Look at this. Acts 13, verse 50. says, but the Jews, see the religious people, stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city. 
And they raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Notice what they did, though. They shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. What do we do when people come against us and try to hinder us? Well, we love them. We pray for them. But notice, I don't see where Paul ever retaliated. I'm sure he prayed for them and all of that. But then here's something else you can do. You can pray for them. Pray for yourself, as we said from Psalm 141. But then what else can we do? We shake off the dust of our feet against them. Amen? Just take your shoes off and pop. there's been a time or two I've taken my shoes off and just popped them together and just shake the dust off. Can you say amen? And notice, and came, and came, and came. What do we get out of that? Paul didn't give up and quit. He got up, he shook it off, bless God, and he went right on with the work that God called him to do. Can you say amen? And notice in verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know something else I know Paul was doing? Jesus said when people persecute you and revile you for my namesake, he said rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That's what the apostle Paul was doing. He had people talking bad about him, coming against him. And you know what he did? He just shook the dust off. He went right on with the plan of God. Praise God forevermore. And then he rejoiced and the power of God came on him and he was filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Glory to God. You know, something that I do when people come against me over the years is, you know, the Bible said that God sits in the heavens and he laughs. And doesn't the Bible say that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places? Right? And so I'll just take my position in Christ and go, ha, 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 ha. Amen. Might as well just laugh about it. Amen. Just laugh about it. Just just laugh about it. Be filled, rejoice, and be filled with joy, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And they'll just come against you, and they'll roar against you, and they'll have evil schemes and evil plots, and they'll do this, and they'll do that, and they'll say this, and they'll say that, most of which isn't true, but they'll do it anyway, you know. And what do we do? We pray for them, we walk in love, and we pray for ourselves, and we shake the dust off against them, and we just realize we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we just be filled with the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And if they don't repent, they enact spiritual principle against themselves. And they'll become collateral damage of an act of love. And eventually the house, it may take years, but if they don't repent, it'll fall on them. Notice Exodus 14, 14 as I close the message. Exodus 14, 14. I believe this is for all of us here today. And if it's not for us today, it'll be for us at some point in the future. Exodus 14, 14. Look at this. Now, it says here, the Bible says, God will fight the battle for you. Isn't that wonderful? But if you put that in context with the rest of the word of God... You need to realize this. God will not fight the battle for you if you're responding after the flesh. Did you hear what I just said? When people come against you, if you respond after the flesh, God will not fight your battle for you. That's why Jesus said when they smite you on the one cheek, you're supposed to what? Turn to them the other also. See, I used to think years ago when I was younger that, well, Jesus just told me to be a punching bag. No, 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 no. I learned this. As long as I'm putting my boxing gloves on, responding in the flesh, God is going to sit on the sidelines and let me do my own fighting. 
But if I'll refuse to put the boxing gloves on, and if I'll turn the other cheek, and if I'll walk in love, you know what? In the process of time, God will put his boxing gloves on, and he'll fight for you. And I know he can whip them, you understand? Now, now, he don't want to do that. He wants them to repent. But if they don't repent, there comes a point where God will defend his own. Did you hear what I just said? I said he'll do it. And the Bible says God will fight the battle for you. If you're walking in love, he'll fight the battle for you. And you, what are we supposed to do? Hold your peace. Or be still. One version says it this way. Keep your mouth shut. Oh, that's hard to do. Oh, how many of you have ever learned that's hard to do? Why are my mouth shut, Diane? Just because we want to say something. We want to respond. You know, we want to defend ourselves. We want to justify ourselves. No, 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 no. Just keep your mouth shut. Amen. Say this. Say, I'll keep my mouth shut. Say, mouth shut. And let God do your fighting for you. Did you get anything out of this today? So what were the two points? Number one, let us not be judgmental. We don't want the next house to fall on us. And number two, if someone's trying to cause our house to fall, let us walk in love. And if they don't repent, they'll become collateral damage and fall into their own snare. Well, stand with me if you would. Praise God. I hope you, I, I hope, I hope, 